give peace a chance. This is the Geek Confidential Podcast. Confidential Podcast. My name is Luke Kerr. Joining me today, I have Mo Walker. Welcome, Mo. Glad to be here, Luke, and ready to give peace a chance. Giving peace a chance. Giving peace a chance is always a good thing, unless it involves a massive amount of destruction, blowing things up, and a conspiracy that involves butterflies of some sort inside of people's bodies. Then peace <laughs> may not be possible. <laughs> now... This is an episode that I didn't actually think would ever take place because for those who may remember from previous podcasts, I was not a very big fan of the Peacemaker character in the Suicide Squad movie. I was very unhappy with how that all ended up to the point where I swore off that I was going to watch it when it was arrived on HBO Max, which it premiered. But the thing about it is, is that John Cena is such an engaging actor and personality that after watching the promos and the trailers and seeing the humor in them, plus the action, I was like, okay, I give in. I'll, I'll give, I'll give peace a chance, at least peace with Peacemaker a chance. What was your first impression of the pilot? (laughs) It was uh, certainly wilder than what I expected. And I think I I owe that one to James Gunn, who is the director, not only of the Suicide Squad movie, but uh, James Gunn wrote and directed this first episode of Peacemaker. He's uh, consequently, he's he's actually uh, uh, supposed to be writing every episode of the series. I think that it does a really good draw, job of bringing you up to date if you were not familiar with Peacemaker, a.k.a. Uh, Christopher Smith, prior to the events of the show. So it, it fills in the gaps of the Suicide Squad movie, uh, and then it, it moves you forward. It, it sort of um, shows how uh, Peacemaker has recuperated because, let's just say... Um, you're really surprised that he actually survived right. the Suicide Squad movie, but you know they pro- they provided an out for that in at the um, at the end of that that film, and so that sort of sets up the series. Well, I, and, before, I, and, bef- and I apologize before we dive into your reaction to the pilot because you, as you were talking, it made me realize that I had overlooked a very important part of it which is the cast in addition to John Cena. John Cena stars opposite of Daniel Brooks as Leota, Freddie Stroma as Adrian. I apologize because I'll probably mispronounce the name. Uh, Chuck Wundy, uh, Awuji as Clemson Mern, Jennifer Holland as Agent Amelia Harcourt, and Steve Aggie as John Economis. There's also a cameo or, or two by Viola Davis as Amanda Waller. 
So, now that I've brought everybody up to speed on who the cast includes, some of which were in the Suicide Squad movie, what did you think of the pilot? And again, and again I think that, um, I, as, as I previously mentioned, I think that it was a really disgustingly enjoyable first episode. I think, as, as you mentioned previously, John Cena is such an engaging um, actor. I, I will pretty much that, watch anything he's in in terms of movies, even if his hair is bad. <laughs> but but here's the thing, Cena Cena as uh, Chris, uh, as Chris Chris Smith brings such this depth, this level of depth to the character that we certainly did not see in the Suicide Squad. I mean, he goes from you know one scene to being this total douchebag asshole uh particularly when you know you get the, when you start out he's, he's he's trying to get out of the hospital he's trying, sort of being a douche he he gets home from there you know you get some backstory with regard to his father who's played by uh robert patrick um and a little bit a, a little tease of the backstory there and then you know consequently he's brought up to speed on project butterfly and you know and he meets his new new co-workers and so forth and then you know he engages in a little bit of um Sex. you know some adult fun <laughs> yes he get he he gets his rocks off let's put it that yeah. way well, you know, considering, again, as the man said, you know, he'd been in prison and then before, you know, and after that, you know, he'd had to deal with the events of the Suicide Squad movie and kill, including a giant starfish and a, essentially a building falling on him. So so he deserves to get his rocks on off. Um, but, of course, you know, in the process of getting his rocks off, you know, it turns he, out that it's a, a killer. A killer, yeah. <laughs> but but at least she had great taste in music, at least from his standards. Right, right. Because that's all that matters. In fact, after ending up killing his former paramour, if that's the yeah. right use of the word. Um, yeah. After killing his former paramour, he robs her of her vinyl collection and goes on the run from the agents who have arrived, the local cops who have arrived and are searching through the building, which then he ends up in an apartment where he's taken them hostage and one of his hostages is hitting at him. And later, at the end of either that episode or the next episode, he has a three-way with her and his sidekick. Well, I really wouldn't. <laughs> I really wouldn't call Vigilante um, his side, his sidekick. What else would you call him? He's he's the buddy pal who's a, who shows up and hangs around, and they end up on multiple adventures together. What else would you call him? I would say it's his partner. I wouldn't. I mean, I mean. Well, the great irony is is that if you were familiar with. Uh, Peace, any Peacemaker comics or Peacemaker appearances in comics, which, quite frankly, it's, it's very limited, and Vigilantes, um, they tried to kill each other on a few occasions. So it's kind of funny that in this interpretation, it is very much a buddy 
a buddy cop, a, a, well, a buddy duo, uh, well, of of mass murdering psychopaths. But you know, it, it is it is kind of funny. Um, the pair of them really play off fairly well. Freddie Stroma, who who portrays um, Vigilante Adrian Ch- Adrian Chase, it, it's I don't know um, how familiar are you with Freddie Stroma. I am not. I feel like he's super familiar. Like I see his face and I'm like, I know you from somewhere, but I couldn't tell you where that is without looking up IMDb. Yeah. So, so he was on, um, so you, you, he does have one of those faces. He's been on a lot of different things. I'm going through it now. He was on Bridgerton. He was on unreal, which I know is super popular with the primetime side of soap, the soap world, but I never watched unreal. So I'm not familiar with him from there. Apparently he had a uh, an episode in uh, Game of Thrones. He was in Harry Potter, Deathly Hallows. Uh, uh, he was in four. He was in, he was in four Harry Potter movies. Yeah. So I'm sure that that's where I like. It's the face that I sort of recognize. I never watched Grand Hotel. I did watch Bridgerton, but I honestly don't remember him from Bridgerton. Was he by chance the friend of the Duke? I I believe so. I mean, again, there were so from? many faces, and you know that kind of it kind of mixed in there. Um, but I I will say, you know, definitely his Freddie's his interpretation of of Adrian Chase is it's spectacularly different than the version of Adrian Chase we got on Arrow years ago, and even there, I mean. Literally, I mean, literally, I would say that the backstory with re- the Arrow version of Adrian Chase, you know, took more of the backstory from the comics and, 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 and such that he was a cop and, and just kind of merged a few other characters together. With this, this version, I think, definitely gets the look of Vigilante just down pat. I will say that based on the Vigilante comics I've read or Vigilante com- or comics in which the character is starred in, because I honestly haven't read that many Vigilante comics, not that there's a whole lot of them, but, you know, I, I think that uh, Freddie Stroma is, is, is really, it, it gets the twisted nature of the character, uh, but he puts this really interesting spin on, yeah. Take, he wants to kill somebody with a chainsaw. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. I mean, I mean, but it's such he, he, he it's this it's this weird sort of nerdiness. He he looks he's like very nerdy, but he's clearly the sociopathic serial killer. It's hilarious when um he encounters uh Peacemaker's father in prison and I mean that's much later on and and but his toe, his toe, <laughs> his toe, almost <laughs> getting cut. I mean, it, I I really really think that Freddie Stroma is the secret sauce that really helps to 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 bring this together. I think again. Oh, that's the, interesting because I I would have thought of someone else. Okay, so keep, really okay. Yeah. So you think that the costume, the personality, the humor that he provides, and then the insanity that he provides is the secret sauce. Oh, I oh definitely because because if, if you think I mean, you have John Cena's peacemaker character who is 
you know, with the archetypal um, look of a quote-unquote superhero, but he's very clearly an anti-hero. And Freddie Stroma's piece, I mean, you, when you take the mask off, his, his vigilante mask off, that's not what you, the face of what you would expect, like, the vigilante to be. I'm a Matt, you would imagine much more of a Punisher style. And I think that the two complementing, com- really complement each other, even in terms of, you know, we really haven't gotten a whole lot in terms of uh, Vigilante's backs- backstory and so forth, and is or certainly not to the depth that we have with Peacemaker. But I think that, you know, in this crazy world of, if you're, if you're trying to merge, you know, these alien bugs who go up people's orifices and, and, and take, take them over, um, this espionage stuff that we have going on, not to mention this whole other backstory with Peacemaker's father, White Dragon, who is a white supremacist, it, it, it really helps with the bringing the, having these two characters be able to play off of each other, I think really helps the audience enjoy this a bit more. And at the same time, you know, I think it helps sort of, because it can, Peacemaker very easily, you can say, well, okay, this is DC's answer to Deadpool. And in many ways, you would be right. But I think that having both Vigilante and Peacemaker to carry the weight of of this of this series does help it to differentiate itself from a bit more from Deadpool. So I would have thought that Leota was the one who would ground Peacemaker. I found that the character development and evolution for her, we find out that she's Amanda Waller's daughter. She is married to a, a woman and is trying to balance her work-life balance or figure out her work-life balance. The fact that she is there secretly for her mother because she's the only one her mother can trust, which let's face it, Amanda Waller doesn't trust anybody. And the fact that she's using her daughter and putting her daughter in danger makes you wonder about her mothering abilities. Um, (laughs) I have found Leota to be the character that, for me, anchors it. Because the insanity that Peacemaker and Vigilante provide has to be balanced. And I feel like Leota does that. Um, To a lesser regard, I think uh, Amelia does that as well. Because she's very focused on the job. She's very intense about getting things done and getting things done right and kicking some ass. But I feel like the show needs those two characters to balance out the insanity of Peacemaker. No, no, no. And I definitely agree that Leota, you know, balances out the insanity. What, what, what my argument is, is that when you're, you have, you know, the Peacemaker and Vigilante sort of killer combo is is that, you know, they care they both sort of carry the load of being the most insane characters on the show. Um and both carry the load of all the things that Deadpool and again I, I just go back to Deadpool because, you know, you there's nothing 
else, certainly from the D- from the Marvel catalog, that even compares to the level of violence and 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 that we get on screen. Leota is that you know when that quote unquote normal person's sort of window into this insane world of you know let's basically say d-list superheroes at best you know certainly they're more well, like anti-heroes it's certainly better than the rat and the guy whose anxiety <laughs> turns into bombs <laughs> okay but, but okay i so, still so, can't believe that you guys picked suicide squad on your best lists hold up hold up but i think that again and i owe a lot of it to james gunn and oh yeah you, know, you can see yeah. his hands all over this yeah, and so, but again, th- this, I've never been, in terms of my comic reading, have been a huge fan of su- the Suicide Squad comics, you know, reading, I I like them when they show up and, you know, be- play off of the Justice League or whomever or Amanda Waller versus Batman and so forth. That I find really cool, but... Let's face about... it, the Suicide Squad, I hate to say this because I'm going to probably get roasted for it, but do people really care about the Suicide Squad if Harley Quinn and Deadshot aren't on it? Um, I mean, who else? Like, Well, okay, well, that's, I mean, in the, you know, in the Suicide, in the gun iteration, you mean, like... Well, I'm, I'm talking about the comics, like, just as a group. If you, like... Oh, you will get roasted for that because I will say that. See, you're see, you're looking at the Suicide Squad, the comic from from the lens of you know DC New Fifty Two, and not through the lens of the nineteen eighties revamp because the Suicide Squad as a concept existed before the nineteen eighties. You know this show, the James Gunn movie, and to a lesser degree, I would also say the first Suicide Squad movie, heavily influenced by the John Ostrander Suicide Squad comic from the 1980s. And Peacemaker did, had a, had a, had a, was, was part of that. So the, the uh, Christopher Smith Peacemaker was part of that, that uh, comics run as well. Um, no, no, I, 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 I disagree with your, argument about it only being about harley quinn and um i i feel like okay i will preface this by saying i'm an extremely casual comic book reader i enjoy comics i enjoy reading them but i do not follow them religiously i have the ones that i the the comics that i pick up and i read but i'm not one of these who knows every nuance of it but I feel like Harley Quinn is sort of the same as Batman, where DC over the years has gotten in the habit of just throwing Batman on a cover to sell copies or throw him into a storyline where it doesn't necessarily always make sense to sell copies. And they do the same with Harley Quinn. No, no, no. And I feel like that's the same with the movie, because if you had had the last movie without Harley Quinn... Would anybody have actually cared about that movie? 
I think, yeah, because you would still, and, and at least with the, and again, I think you're assuming you're talking about the James Gunn, the Suicide Squad. I think, yeah, because you then, of course, because I think a lot of it was about Idris Elba's uh, Bloodsport and John Cena's Peacemaker. I mean. Okay. I think that they were good, but I don't think that they were the draw. Well, well, here's the, yeah, I mean, but the thing is, is that, you know, in this, and this is, you know, a, a, an unfair assessment because I, I think Margot Robbie has been a wonderful Har- Harley Quinn. I think that, unfortunately, she has been ill-served by circumstances that have certainly been beyond oh, yeah. her and that character's control. I mean, like COVID, like, and you know, and that first, you know, I, I, I the best aspects of the of the first Suicide Squad movie were, in my opinion, revolved around Harley Quinn. I think, no doubt, that movie, to me, wouldn't have held my interest as much as it did without that character. Okay. Um, but I well, don't feel like that. I don't know. I, 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 just, I, f- I, I apologize like for sidetracking it. I just feel like th- what they're doing with Peacemaker on HBO Max is making this a character that people care about regardless of who he's teamed up with the way that Harley yeah. Quinn is someone you care about regardless of who she's teamed up with. And I think that they're doing this in the show, but in the movie, I, he, to me, he was just John Cena in a mask. They basically had him doing stuff and it was sort of one dimensional. There's so much more nuance for this character in this series, which is why we're talking about it now, because I, sw- I was going to swear off it, um, like watching it because I was so disappointed in how like the character was in the film. But this is actually turning out to be a show where there's a lot of heart in terms of friendships, abandonment, relationships, um, <clears throat> emotional deprivation, shall we say? And, this, the plot line is actually pretty interesting. We have a plot line about how these, I'm assuming, alien butterflies are taking over the bodies of people, important, strategically important people, whether that be someone like a senator or whether it be the um, leader of their group and or their team, I should say, uh, Clemson, because we find out in episode four, I believe it is, that he is has a butterfly because one of the things about it is the butterflies eat this sap, syrup, whatever. And um, you so there's these the visuals of the individual sitting down at a table or sitting down on a couch holding this bowl with the sap in it and then these really gross-looking tongues whatever comes out of <laughs> the the human and they start consuming the liquid one of the things that we um that happened was in the episodes was that John C or that peacemaker picked up all the extra masks his dad had made him one of which had x-ray vision and was used in the episode where he was able to identify who had butterflies in him. So he was just killing people and scaring Leota um, because she didn't understand why he was just shooting people. And he was like, this has x-ray vision. So later in the episode, I think it's episode five now, we get to the end of episode five, and she's she and uh, Clemson are alone in, in their little base, and she puts on the mask just to like see what x-ray vision is like. 
she turns around and looks at her boss and sees the butterfly in his head. The plot for the butterflies has been actually really good. It's created some wonderful character moments for everybody on the team. And it is one that is like, oh, crap, because, of course, you have the digital computer monitor where they've that where you see all the locations where people with butterflies pop up on a screen, as you will, like as a plague spreads across the planet or whatever. You'll see that in movies and television. And it makes it so that you're really invested of how is this small little team going to take on such a massive global threat by themselves? And then you find that one of their own is a butterfly as well. Now, I haven't watched episode six, so don't spoil anything. Dance no, around whatever no. happens in it very delicately. But what did you, how do you think or what do you think of how the butterfly storyline has played out? Um, you know, I, I appreciate, you know, we, we, early on, we are introduced to the butterflies. We sort of back off a little bit, um, to get more character development. We delve back into it fairly heavily and it's always simmering in the background. Um, I really think that they're building, certainly once you watch episode six, you get a bit more information and because again at this point it's only eight episodes so you know this storyline has got to move to the forefront plus it needs to merge shall we say with what's going on with peacemaker's father um again the white white dragon so i think um let me just say that things are definitely converging uh, okay. with those two storylines. I think, and you get a bit more information. I will leave it at that with regard to that uh, episode six. I'll be very vague about that. Um, the one thing I, I will mention Luke, is that you we hadn't touched upon um, is the introduction of another costumed ind individual into the series who was the um, bodyguard right? for for one of the butterflies. Judo master? Judo master. Yeah. The jokes and, and the banter between him and Peacemaker were, was hilarious. Yeah. And I'm, this is an interesting twist on the Judo master character because Judo master like Peacemaker are not originally from the DC comics universe. They were um, published by a company called Charlton comics and then DC um, bought those characters, that Charlton library, um, and then integrated them into the DC universe. And most people are familiar with the Charlton characters because they were the template of them became Watchmen. But that's a whole other thing. Um, but this is, I mean, this version of Judo is definitely played for laughs. I think that I appreciate that the costume for this character is certainly not their traditional look for Judo Master, uh, which I think in this day and age may be considered a little cultural, would probably be considered culturally insensitive. Um, I hope that we get more Judo Master in, the, in, the, in these last few episodes. Um, I would 
definitely like to know a little bit about the character's backstory in terms of how it hooked up with the butterfly or what does it know about the butterflies i I, that's to me as a missing piece and and again we have um two more episodes after episode six to kind of wrap things up it is an eight eight episode season um episode seven will air on february 10th which will be right after this podcast airs so taking the first five six episodes into account um out of five stars what would you give it uh, I'd really, I'd give it a, a 4.5. I, I mean, it's, it, it delivers, I think, in terms of putting John Cena in a role. He has so much to do. You, he, the, the amount of versatility. And it's right, you, when you get to, to episode six, there's a scene in there. I mean, you, you, it, it really does break this character down quite a bit. John Cena is just a wonderful actor in in, in this um it, it, it it's it's really a great vehicle for him um i i will i think that having it very tight at ep- eight episodes i think really works because you don't feel like you're gonna overstay it's welcome it keeps the the storyline moving the main storyline about the butterflies keeps moving we get you know, information about um, various members of his team, um, so, uh, like uh, a, 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 uh, I'm always <laughs> Economos and Amelia Harcourt, who are both the show is these are these are individuals who've appeared in, in Suicide Squad comics, and they're more or less what they are in the comics. Um, and again, I do emphasize more or less, and and so we we're, we're I think we're getting the right amount. Um, there is talk of a second season. Uh, J- James Gunn did an interview with Deadline on their Hero Nation podcast, and he talked about his hopes for you know and about a potential second season. But I really think that this is this is to me so far this has been a very strong series. I would also give it four and a half or four point five out of five. Um... I would say you you called it, and this will probably be the uh, subheader, disgustingly enjoyable. Um, I would say unexpectedly enjoyable. I didn't. I after his role in the film, I or after the character in the film, I did not expect to enjoy this, and I enjoy it immensely. It's a little bit graphic for my tastes, but I'm also the person who who does a lot of hiding my eyes during Deadpool as much as I love <clears throat> as much as I love Ryan Reynolds, I still do a lot of like hiding of my eyes. So there's moments in this where it can be a little bit much. But that's just me uh, and my taste. I don't deal with a lot of anime stuff as well that uh from that standpoint, I do a lot of eye hiding. Um I would say unexpectedly enjoyable and also disgustingly enjoyable. Um, I think that it was really well cast. There isn't a person on the cast who feels out of place. I th- no. The jokes no. just keep coming, whether it is a minor storyline involving his father and the um, police or the authorities who are interrogating him. And he's making he's saying racist things and she's just like turning them on their tail or head and throwing them right back at him. It's, 
it's done really, really well. Um, I think that if you haven't checked out HBO Max's Peacemaker, you should definitely do so. At any given time, HBO Max gives promos to or trials to check it out. Maybe wait until if you haven't tried it yet and haven't used an HBO Max trial, wait until after episode eight airs and then do it because then you'll have some time to catch up on all eight episodes. Um, but it's something that I highly recommend. And it for me, it was an unexpected surprise uh, as to how much I loved it. I was going to ask, uh, you know, one thing we didn't cover, which has been immensely, immense, immensely popular part of the show is the opening, um, the intro. How, how, what are your thoughts and feelings about that introduction, the, intro, the, the introductory title sequence? Um, I'm one of those people on Netflix, HBO Max, Disney, Skip. Oh, oh, Luke. Oh, my God. I, I mean, I love I, that intro. I love I, I, <laughs> Oh, I absolutely love it. I, listen, Boba Fett, skip. Mandalorian, skip. Netflix, anything that I'm watching on Netflix, I skip the intros. Man, Luke. I mean, it. I, I feel like, I mean, I'm, I'm, have you seen it? Have you seen, have you watched it at least once? I've watched it once, but once I, oh. then I skipped. <laughs> Did you skip? <laughs> oh man see i've got to watch it every time it's just it's just something about that marriage of the the lunacy of them just dancing um right doing but like flips and the eagle eagly you know we haven't even mentioned eagly just swooping in it just it feels very on brand for the show and very 80s and like this really cool power ballad this the the song itself yes definitely feels like an 80s power ballad and what from what we see throughout the series as he's stealing vinyls and various other things there's definitely a massive influence of that type of music in this film but skip the intro after watching oh, it once man <laughs> okay skip, okay skip skip on that note, we'd encourage you to comment on this episode at, on Twitter at GK Confidential. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash GK Confidential. We also have a Facebook group where you can comment on this episode. We post the episodes on both the page and um, in the group. But if you want to join in the discussion, talk about the episode, talk about anything that you enjoy um, from Peacemaker, the season thus far, or as we're coming up to the finale, you can do that in the Facebook group as well. You can find me on Twitter at Luke underscore Kerr. Mo, where can people find you? I'm primarily on Twitter at Dr. Mo 77. On that note, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, so long. Bye. <laughs>